0: is a member of the great big
1: owl family. Hello and welcome to the Fear a podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror. My name is Sarah Morgan. Halloween. Halloween. Hello, hello, Halloween. Halloween. Happy Happy Halloween everyone. Uh, we're starting the countdown to goth christmas and this is a suitably spooky episode of the fear uh, with the fantastic andy nyman and he's an actor a writer and alongside jeremy dyson creator of the stage show ghost stories and he was kind enough to chat to me at the playhouse theater where he's currently starring in fiddler on the roof Um, We talked loads about ghost stories, which if you don't know, it was a play, it was a film. Now it's a play again. It's on in London and it's going on a nationwide tour in the new year, ghoststorieslive.co.uk. If you like this episode of the show, there is a huge back catalogue of Fear. Loads of your favourite funny people talking about their fears Um, have a little poke around in our dusty archives, why don't you? Um, And you can find us on social media at The Fear Podcast. There's a live show coming up on 25th of October in York, Uh, details about that in a sec, Uh, but for now please enjoy Andy Nyman. We begin with me apologising because I went to the wrong place first, uh, the wrong West End Theatre, because what is the real fear? Is it Dukes, goblins and boglins, or is it having anxiety and making a tit of yourself in front of people whose work you love? I'll leave that one with you. Uh, but he was lovely about it, and this is one of my favourite ever episodes of The Fear. All the good stuff. Please enjoy this Halloweeny episode with the spooktacular Andy Nyman. Cheers. Happy Coth Christmas. Hoy hoy you spooky babies. Sarah here with a special message to our friends in the North. On the 25th of October, we're doing a The Fear the Live Halloween Spooktacular at the York Theatre Royal. My special guests will be Do the Right Things, Danielle Ward, and Inside the Comedians, David Reed. Two of my favourite podcasts, two of my favourite people. We'll be talking about scary stuff in the beautiful theatre in Europe's most haunted city, apparently. Mm. That's The Fear, The Live, 25th October in York. For tickets and more info, go to yorktheatreroyal.co.uk or at The Fear Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Book now or FOMO forever. Hello, Andy Newman.
0: Hello, how are you?
1: I'm all right. Let's not pretend the last 20 minutes didn't happen. (laughs) Okay. Or I went to the wrong theatre because I went to the theatre where Ghost Stories is on.
0: Well, that's great because it means we can talk about Ghost Stories straight away.
1: Absolutely. I want to talk about Ghost Stories so much. I've been trying to get you on The Fear for a long time because I I loved it. I saw it twice when it first came out. Which Uh, is almost a
0: decade ago.
1: Is it? Mm. That's scary in itself yeah. yeah I saw it I saw it once and I loved it I was genuinely no idea what to expect because I knew it just coming out good. and I was a fan of your and Jeremy's other works yeah and so I knew it'd be good and I knew I'd like it and but I did not was not prepared for how how scared I was when I was because I saw it on my own yeah. and it was a thing and I didn't know what to expect or anything yeah. and I was and you did such a beautiful job with all the warning signs everywhere yes Really, that's some good
0: good showmanship. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's very old-fashioned that showmanship, mm. because I mean, you know, it's really fairground. Yeah, it really is very um, Barnum. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. So, but uh, and it's sort of delicious, really, because on the one hand, you're doing it precisely for the mm-hmm. circus of it, and for the other hand, you're doing it because you want an audience to start doing the work for you. Before they're even before they're in there. their seats, yeah. Because they're sort of, you've, they've read a proper warning, which you've never seen on a play before, or yeah. really you don't really see it on film. Yeah, it was
1: like a warning, like on a cigarette packet, yeah, like a exactly. warning, if you're faint of heart, yeah.
0: if you're you pregnant women, oh. stress and jump. So you know that the audience then have to sort of think, A, fuck off, I'm not going to be scared in the theatre. That's not possible. Mm-hmm. And B, but if it is real, what are we going to see? So there's already, mm. and also it's kind of true, you know, it's, it is scary. So you are also genuinely yeah. saying. Yeah,
1: it's a genuinely scary, you didn't leave yeah. going, what well, those warnings were rubbish. And no. it's it's quite rare that if you see something that there's a big warning on it, you're like.
0: That was yeah. fair. But I'll tell you something about that though. So when it started at the Liverpool Playhouse, which is where we did three weeks mm-hmm. first. We, it was up to speed. We did our dress rehearsal. The artistic director came to see it at, the, at Liverpool. And um, and it wasn't working. The play wasn't really, really working. I mean, it was fine. But it wasn't hmm. delivering what we wanted it to deliver. And Jeremy was livid with me that I had forced us to have these warnings everywhere. Oh. Because... I mean, I don't say, it's not like we had a big row. He told me posthumously. But because you sort of, it's a high risk strategy. Mm. Because it's very easy to not do that. And it lets you off the hook then because people come and see it. They're like, you know, it didn't really work for me. And then you can get yourself out of it by going, look, it's not scary in that way. The ideas are sort of Guardian reader horror. The ideas are really interesting. themes. Themes, I think if we talk about those. But... But because of those warnings, it meant we needed to hear the audience scream. And yeah, we really had to deliver on it, so we did a lot of work.
1: that's great. so you sort of you you actually sort of forced yourself to well it, get darker, it was that you get face harder.
0: terrible terrible embarrassment wow, yeah, um, and there are moments in the show that still risk terrible embarrassment because the show's very slick mm. and looks amazing and and sort of. But the truth of it is, with the lights on, it's a joke, you know, because it's like going around the ghost train with the lights on.
1: Oh yeah, which is kind of always my dream. First, the one. Yeah. <laughs> talk talk about things that are scary in real life as opposed to the horror. When that was the only I wrote to Jim will fix it, as most kids did. Wow, of, wow, wow. Of, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was what I asked. I asked if I could go
0: on a ghost train with the was lights it? on. Was it? Fortunately, my letter was not answered. <laughs> Have you ever done that, though? No, I'd love to. Have you? Yeah. <gasps> well, one of my closest friends is a, a chap called Richard Cadell. Uh huh. So we were at school together. And uh, Richard, who many listeners will know as the person who is now the man behind Sooty.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: So when R- Richard's ambition when he was a kid... Was to own a ghost train mm-hmm. so when we, when he left school he was uh, I think he's like two years younger than me and he'd done lots of magic and worked hard as a kid and got money, left school at 16 or whatever it mm. was and with the money he'd got they bought a ghost train in.
1: Now for their personal
0: use or? No that was going to be his job Ah, like a. So, and that's what he ended up doing. So, they bought a ghost train, which he got absolutely ripped off by fairground people. <laughs> Literally in the middle of a field, left with this thing, no idea what the fuck to do with it. Wow. And him and I think his dad ended up trying to make it work, and they got a pitch. I'm probably getting some of this story wrong and potting it wrong, but. In Breen, near Western Supermare. Oh, I'm from around those ways. All right, so you yeah. know, do you know Breen Leisure By God, that's ringing a bell, yeah. But uh, well, I haven't been home his... for a while, but yeah. Oh, it was his until about five years ago. What? So he pitched it there and had a ghost train. God, someone mm. probably
1: felt my boobs in that ghost train.
0: <laughs> it was almost <laughs> the terror. probably is. As his. a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. going
1: to grab you in the dark, yeah. So
0: that's, and that's, so mm. anyway, he still has that same ghost mm. train, which he now takes to various fairgrounds and not long ago i went around it with the lights on
1: i love it your face is so the listener can't see how delighted you look like like literally like a childhood dream and what is it
0: like with the lights on well it's a well it depends what your sensibility is because it's terrible yeah but there's such joy in that in seeing the mechanisms and how it's a great look it's a great analogy for life actually is the truth. <laughs> yeah. Because so often your sense of something that scares you is actually nothing. I'm not even talking about boo scares. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about fear-ridden well, bullshit pho- that keeps us suffocating.
1: I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and yeah. The, when the lights
0: are on it. If you shine a light on something. It's, it's just c- like, oh my God, <laughs> is that what I'm scared of? Yeah. And it's really, really interesting, but it's also incredibly exciting and satisfying to see how simple it all is yeah so can you
1: it. tell me sort of some of the stuff we are going to get back to ghost but stories not, but this is so interesting that
0: you, would, you know it's yeah. everything that you would know and expect mm. which is you know and it's become more sophisticated over the years but the mechanism is just stupid it's shitty hydraulic thing that when the train goes over it turns a light on right next to it is a thing that goes that noise (laughs) you know black cotton hanging down and there's a badly painted mask on like a a scarecrow i mean it's nothing more than that and then you know there are other things that have become that thing that
1: puffs air in your face that's always fun (laughs) you want
0: that maybe one that sprays water just as you're going out (laughs) so the audience outside can see you reacting and and it's it's so simple but it's just wonderful Absolutely! Oh,
1: fabulous! That's
0: that's amazing.
1: But so this is that was my that's that was my a uh, question I've always had about ghost stories because I saw it twice so, uh, in the yeah. theatre. How do you stage a show knowing that every seat in the theatre? Does someone run around sitting in every seat?
0: Do, yeah, well, not every seat, but yeah. certainly every area. Yeah, you have to, especially if there are those key moments. Yeah, where and every theatre size is a bit different. So you can be sitting in a you know we've just done the tech of it at the mm. um at the ambassadors mm. and uh, i don't mean this patronizingly for anyone listening who doesn't know what a tech is a tech is your technical rehearsals mm. where you're working through every single lighting cue every single moment every single thing in the show and to see to make it work and you can be sitting in a seat that's like the, the terrible mistake is to do the whole show work on it technically from the center of the stalls yeah because you're like ah, oh, this looks amazing mm. and then if you look at those moments from the seat that's at the end of the row on either side suddenly it's like oh my god i can see everything the light's shining on it or i can't see anything at all Mm. because the thing's too far back so it's a real challenge technically yeah and you're you're always making little compromises to damn it here is perfect Mm. but they can't see so yeah just come forward a bit that's less perfect but you know the whole thing is it's a massive challenge
1: it is and must be really satisfying to get right i mean there's a there's a couple of bits in it where yeah it's like cr- I won't reveal the yes. terrifying secrets of the show yeah. but there's yeah I can't imagine how you make sure that someone who's up in the gods in CZ yep. 10 can, can see that as terrifying but you hit this the whole theatre goes they yeah. all scream yeah it's really <laughs>
0: exciting when they do as well <laughs> let's pick up we, we may have just cut something that was a spoiler but we let me really tell you what we are talking yeah. about is a moment in the show that should happen that didn't happen when Sarah saw another early <laughs> preview. so I'm just bringing you up to speed and what I was going to say 10 years was, ago technically that is a very key moment yeah. it's a tiny tiny little thing but as I've said I had this conversation two days ago. The impact of that thing is absolutely massive. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to get right. And it happens all across the theatre at different times. Ah,
1: I know, I kind of... Yeah. But I'm glad you liked that. I loved it. But I honestly... It's great. Uh, There's a... I just... I was reading a few... because uh, you've obviously talked about this a lot in your career and I yeah, loved your description, we were talking about the difference between the film which we will get onto and yeah. the stage version and uh, I read this is just quite, I found from you in an interview that I loved and it just said, we're so used to theatre being a safe environment and it really isn't, sitting in the cinema is a lot safer because it's done it's filmed, it's not living and breathing in front of you whereas the theatre is, you're in the dark with people and the thing you're looking at is a big pitch black hole that goes back 20 feet and you don't know <laughs> what's in it <laughs> <laughs>
0: really though, isn't it? That is true. It's so funny hearing me quoted back, and you think, Oh, I don't know who said that. They sound really clever, yeah, but <laughs> that is true, and I think that all the time. And that's it's a very exciting thing that because that is one of the things that I love about theater, full stop, is that not just on a horror thing, but unlike film, it is a living, breathing thing. Mm. So, and when you know. I'm doing Fiddler on the Roof at the moment. Mm -hmm. I'll have done it for almost a year when it ends in three weeks, November the 2nd. It's gone forever. Done. Wow. You either saw it or you didn't. Yeah. Every single night, it's different. I mean, the show is the same, Mm. but the DNA of the audience is different. Mm. The DNA of the actors is different. Whether or not someone's got a cold, whether or not someone's had a bad day, whether or not there's, you know, yesterday, the matinee, about seven phones went off. Oh, wow. And it just, you know, it's always a different, different thing. And I think that's just an amazing thing about theatre and live performance is that that's one of the things that really bothers me, I think, when you see endless fucking phones held up recording it, mm. you know, to capture that because you can't capture it. It should just be a thing that you experience now and it's alive yeah. and then gone. Um, and that is the difference between that and, yeah. and film.
1: There was a moment when I saw, and I don't know why I always think of it, it's just like, I don't know how a human being can do it. I saw Gypsy in my oldest Staunton. Oh, yeah. And I was right up in the back in those seats that are yeah. so hard to please. And it, she hits this big note yeah. and then just stopped. And there's like, did you see that show? I did. Oh, God, wasn't that... But. My heart was in my mouth because I was like, if a phone goes off, if someone coughs, if someone, anything, anything. And she's made this thing happen with this room full of people who've all got, you know, the entire world in their pockets and made it happen. It was so magical. Yeah.
0: It's special. Mm. It's really, really special. Um... And if you haven't seen Fiddler, I know I, I, I'm going come to see Fiddler. I, absolutely, it's a really special production. Yeah,
1: yeah. how's how's the? Because uh, I re- again, I've been doing my research. I read that you found that the singing quite scary at first. And well,
0: like, scary because like like every performer... well, not like every performer, but like a lot of performers, your imposter syndrome's massive, right? So you know, I've been an actor for thirty-two years, and I love it, and I'm confident, and. Mm. I pride myself on working hard and doing a good job and all that stuff, but then there's a world of difference between doing that and stepping into a massive, iconic mm. role, knowing that every not every single person, but a good 70% of the people coming to see it have got in their head what they think the perfect version oh, of this okay. is. Okay, that's
1: interesting, yeah,
0: and then you know, plus you've got to sing this these massive songs. Mm. So th- there are two fears. One of those is I might be shit and everyone's going to go out going, well, he's not as good as right. Topol. But I just very quickly made peace with that because I was like, well, that's fine because you can't be as good as Topol. So <laughs> I don't even bother You're about it. different to Topol. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just that's So that was fine. Yeah. But then there's the sort of the physical concern, which is the muscular concern of what if, what if I can't sustain it mm. for a year? You know, what if my voice yeah. just can't do it? Um, and it's been fine. Apart from, I think, we had a three days off at Christmas last year where literally my voice stopped working. Wow. Where I had to go on vocal rest for, like, I missed three shows, I think, because there was no sound coming out. I couldn't talk. Oh, no. That, that was the first that's ever happened, and that was absolutely terrifying. But then you just trust the process and steam and relax and drink lots and bit by bit you're like oh it's okay
1: well, we're enjoying a lovely steam in your dressing room right now. Yes, so we are. It's very steam.
0: nice. It's good, isn't it?
1: It is. Thank you. It's it's really kind of you to uh, to have me in your dressing room. It's very, very nice because nice. it's a beautiful theatre, yeah. and I'm interested in theatre ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I you can't look up. You, are. you of course I am. You can't look up the ambassadors' ghosts because if you put ambassadors and ghosts into Google, you just get ghost stories. Very good. So yeah. which is great for you guys and terrible yeah. for people who want to know if the ambassadors is haunted or. Not. Is the playhouse haunted? I've never. You know, is it meant to, be, I mean...
0: <laughs> I think most theatres... By the way, when I say are.
1: haunted, obviously I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> no, of course. But, <laughs> but,
0: but let's not spoil the thing. magic. Yeah, it's, I, a...
1: love, I love I bullshit. It is oh. wonderful to
0: think it's true. And theatres, there's just yeah. something so fruity about the idea yeah.
1: oh, of a ghost. Oh, yeah. A lovely West End theatre ghost. Ian McKellen's always going on about how he saw one in the wings. I
0: love it all. Yeah. There's actually a thing called a ghost light, which most theatres have that they used to have. So it was never... Picked. Well, I don't think they use mm. them anymore. But... At the end of the show, so it wasn't pitch black in the mm. auditorium, they would have this one light that's a freestanding light that mm. just sits in the middle of the stage and casts light all night ah. uh, in case anyone comes in or out. But they're known as ghost lights. Gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, there's a The, the Dominion Theatre apparently has... A ghost, which is where We Will Rock You was on,
0: absolutely, <laughs> and um, yes. Bat
1: Out of Hell, which I very much enjoyed. Yes,
0: also saw twice. Same <laughs> designer as uh, Ghost Stories, Bat Out of Hell, John Borsa
1: Do you know what? He's that exploding motorbike,
0: designer. I never saw it. Oh,
1: I mean, that's a spoiler for a musical. It's not on in the West End anymore, but yeah, oh spoil my, that the, the the ghost in the Dominion Theatre is apparently because uh, in 1814, three thousand barrels of beer burst at a nearby brewery and caused a wave of beer that swept through the area, flattening buildings. I <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Oh my God. And killing eight people, including teenage brewery worker Eleanor Cooper. Now for the supernatural, patrons have claimed to hear a child giggling and it even caught her on camera.
0: And a the dry... smell of stale beer and piss. <laughs> Definitely experienced that. But it's... irrespective of the truth of the ghost, yeah. that's a pretty wretched story. It's isn't
1: horrifying, it? isn't it? Maybe that Ooh. yeah, you take the edge off with I mean, this is what go I mean, again, I'm so not going to do any spoilers, but the yeah. When you're writing ghost stories, yeah. you're approaching from uh, tackling themes yes. that are real.
0: Yeah. Well, Le- there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of truth in ghost stories. Yeah. So, and I should say, if you've never seen ghost stories, go and see it. Go and obviously at go the and Ambassador Theatre. <laughs> well, it's about to do its first national tour, and it's about to do its first national tour. So you should see the play first and then watch the movie. Oh yeah um because that's the way around that they were created and i think it's more fun that Mm. way if you've seen the movie but not the play you should still see the play because it's a completely different experience Mm -hmm. but the play contains basically our jeremy and i've been best friends since we were 15 and what bonded us was horror horror and Mm. dirty jokes i mean that was
1: it.
0: (laughs) nothing's really changed and but when we sat down to write ghost stories literally the first thing we did was ask each other what we'd done that we were ashamed of. Wow. And that was the starting point of, of the sort of the journey of the play. And then we, you know, we then wrote down our favorite moments from horror films and Mm -hmm. things that, you know, and and that if we were 15, which was the people we were when we met and we're basically the same people, (laughs) what would we want to see in a play? And that's the play we wrote you know and walking past the front of that theatre now fuck mm. me the buzz of it's always looked good but I think this looks particularly yeah. amazing And we just kept thinking if we were kids and we'd walk past that, it's like Blackpool Seafront. Yeah. You're just like. Oh,
1: for a horror nerd, you walk past it. Oh, my God. This looming hooded figure who's also a teenage boy, but also just this, what is that? I don't know. And there's terrifying warnings everywhere. And it just, yeah, it's a big red shiny button. I
0: would not have wanted to walk down that street as a kid. I'd, yeah. I'd I'd have wanted my parents to I'd have I'd sort of maybe glanced at it in the daylight, mm. but at night with the green lights on it and stuff. Mm. But I love that. That's the same fear as the books you you know, those books where all oh, those I mean I was about to say terrible books and that's unfair, but mm. all those James Herberts and things and <laughs> I was a kid that had come out and I'd have to cover them in brown paper all yeah. the, the pan books of horror and then read them at night and throw them on the floor because I was too scared to look at the cover. That feeling's great. Yeah, but the the, the 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 sort of not again. It's about shining the light on dark spots
1: yeah. that when you see a bit of something but are too scared to go in. Like when I was a kid, there was a family that had a poster for Nightmare on Elm Street in the window of their house, which is a lot. Wow. Uh, and you, you know, previously, you know, on this show, we've talked about like posters for videos that you weren't old enough to rent. Yeah, that comes up a lot. Yeah. But the so it's that it's you're not being able to know what the, you know if you actually saw. When I finally actually saw Nightmare on the Street, loved yeah. it, thought it was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but for years, terrified, trauma- yeah. traumatized
0: at what might be inside. Oh, it's really a precious thing that mm. I sort of. It's very rare I get that feeling of, especially with horror stuff. Why am I watching this? Mm. I don't really want. You know, very once in a while at Fright Fest, there'll be something that I sort of think, Oh, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. This is, this is, um, and then you get through it and you're like, oh my God, that was so good. (laughs) You know, but it's such a rare, special thing. Um, we had a brilliant moment on the, on the very first ghost stories where we had a souvenir brochure done. Mm. And so I sort of said to the Fright Fest guys, do you, uh, who does your posters? Mm. They're really good. And they said, oh, it's this guy, Graham Humphreys so I was like oh great okay can I have his number and I'll get him speak to him about this so I called Graham up I'd never met him and I sort of said um, he's got any, he's very y- have you ever met Graham Humphreys? no no okay don't know the guy so so, so I called <laughs> Graham Humphreys, and he sort of sounds like that he's quite sort of young got a really sort of young <laughs> voice so I'm like hello so we took talk- I mean that's actually a terrible impression it's nothing like him but I'm trying to give him a very <laughs> so he's got this sort of young hello I'm like oh Graham oh hi yeah so, sort of, oh I know we want to do this cover, okay? And um, so, just so I, just so I know, because I'm going to have to pitch this to our lot. Mm. Is there anything? What, what have you done? Is it, have you done any sort of stuff that they may have known about or seen mm. anywhere or anything? Um, yeah, a few bits. What have you done? What, what can I tell them? I uh, did the poster for The Evil Dead. What, what? poster for Nightmare on Elm Street? That what? Nightmare on Elm Street poster oh that terrified you. He did. Poster for Phenomenon. (laughs) Fucking hell. He sounds 15. Mm. Um, The Cramps artwork, that famous Cramps artwork, that's him. He's this extraordinary, last of a dying breed Mm. poster artist. He's amazing. Mm. So that's who did that poster that scared you when you were a kid.
1: Cool. Was there anything like that when you were a kid? Video shop covers, anything like that?
0: Uh, I mean, I was was a... I was terrified of everything like that when mm-hmm. I was a kid terrified of horror um, by the time the video shop stuff came out I was into it I was 15 mm. so that I found all those all the ice spit on your graves and all that mm. stuff so something really sexy about yeah. it in a sort of very kind of a weird holocaust way yeah. there yeah. is yeah I mean it's but it's all fairground and it's mm. so trashy but brilliant so that stuff never scared me. Um, but I was very much. When I was a kid, there was a TV series called Thriller, an armchair thriller, mm. which was the Brian Clemens series. Well, the titles of that fucking mm. hell. I mean, there was one. I, my sister was older than me and braver than me. And she'd sort of said we had a. a um, babysitter one night one saturday night and she was like oh, i want to watch this episode of this thing it'll be fine you can watch it with me i think i was seven and this you should look up thriller mm. um, it's about 1977 78. Yeah. thriller titles jesus christ It's this fisheye lens with this bada bada The word thriller comes up and I well, I it did for me. It did for me that I would run out of the room. I was so scared. So I couldn't even look at horror, hear horror, nothing That's interesting. Like so you never scared. watched the programme, you just Saw so the first two minutes and the fir- and it's really so the first two minutes of this show were um a country wedding
1: uh-huh
0: and it's a bride and a groom sort of walking down in the, they've just been married and the people throwing confetti and it's all quite distortedly shot you know on this close wide lens and suddenly she's covered in blood she gets someone throws blood on her from the crowd and then that's a cool it. opening image yeah <laughs> well that was it yeah and about must be 10 years ago mm. when we were doing ghost stories I was going up to Liverpool I think and the box set of Thriller had come out ah. so I sort of thought okay and it had the actual date of each programme and everything when it was first aired and I was work I didn't know what it was called this episode and I was working my way through them well my god when that episode started I just had to turn it off
1: oh, it's still there
0: and it the just I mean I've watched it since i yeah. forced myself but it just cold sweat. God,
1: I've never come across this show. This is um, oh, it, and this is this is pre Michael Jackson Thriller. This is pre oh, just, God, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah just yeah. just the word itself. It was called was, thr- So it was Saturday night. It was yeah. a bit. It was sort of a precursor to Hammer House of Horror. Oh. So it was Brian Clemens, who's the guy. You know, he was a sort of genius who just. I guess he was our version of. Oh my God! I've completely blanked on Rod Serling. Yeah. On, and you know he created the Avengers, the New Avengers, endless horror films, um, and Thriller was this Saturday night show, and then Armchair Thriller mm. that were sort of I think they were an hour or maybe forty-five minutes, and each one was a sort of horror thriller. Mm. And but there is also something brilliantly old Britain about them, yeah. You know where where everybody is sort of you know where the guys are getting home and the wife's making a whistle there's a whiskey in there. <laughs> come on in darling and you know and he's a businessman and yeah but but fucking hell there are some of the stories some of the plotting he was mm. masterful yeah
1: cool And I'm going to definitely
0: check oh, that, to out. Dig that out yeah yeah Heavy Pencil, a new comedy from Great Big Owl, the people who brought you Brian and Roger.
1: Are you a client?
0: Yes, yes, I'm a client. I'm the actor Michael Cork. The Observer called it a lovely thing, wonderfully funny, pitched perfectly, produced with a light touch.
1: No, 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 no. I've I've been taken on as Fliss's assistant.
0: You're the, the, you're the assistant's assistant?
1: <laughs> yes, if you like.
0: Heavy Pencil by Anna Crilly and Tony Gardner. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: I mean, I love the sort of... Uh you know, the old Tales of the Unexpected ones where the, 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 the creepiness is compounded by just how horrible Britain looked back then. Oh, sort yeah. of had bleak, the, the one, um, is it Flytrap?
0: Do you remember that one? Oh my God, yes. With the little
1: girl. Oh my
0: God, don't even spoil it. If anyone's no, not no, seen no, it. It's come I off, of it's Richard Osman YouTube. chose it for this really? very
1: parish, which is why I had to watch the whole thing and I slightly hate him for it now because it's horrifying from the beginning. Like it's it, probably when you're watching it, it wasn't horrifying the beginning because it's just a...
0: Yeah. Well, the very first Tales of the Unexpected. I think it is the first Tales Mm. of the Unexpected. The landlady. If you've never seen that. Oh, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. No no, no spoilers. We won't. So good.
1: Mm. Oh my god. So you, you knew. You said. I'm interested in you saying you weren't. You were scared by horror as a child. Yeah. Like, was that a kind of? Did you make a conscious decision to sort of embrace it to like press the
0: bruise? No. What happened was I was very scared of all that stuff Mm. and I would really, I'd I'd buy books and things Mm. that were like, I've got a Dennis Gifford paperback called Monsters of the Movie (laughs) that was 45 and a half P. Wow. So I'd sort of be fascinated by it. And also when I was growing up, I mean, God, if I want talk like this, I feel ancient. <laughs> but, you know, in the 70s, um, there's a brilliant, there's a couple of brilliant books, one called that are modern, one called mm. 70s Monster Memories and one called Scarred for Life mm. that are all about my generation. And there was something about monsters and horror that was really infiltrated into mm. Comics. I don't mean like American horror comics. I mean like, you know, Shiver and Shake, kids' comics that was mm. Ghosts and Frankenstein oh, yeah. and, you know, lollipops where from the ice cream where it'd be like, you know, Count Chocula. It'd be <laughs> like Chocula. Yeah. So it was very much part of... And um, so I was very interested in that stuff but actually scared of horror itself. Mm. And then when I was 14... So that thriller thing had happened. Mm. And then when I was 14 as a family we were all going to go see flash gordon at the pictures Mm. and my sister again the same sister (laughs) sister said oh let's not go see that um mum and dad and my other sister can go see that why don't you and me go and see the fog Ah. and i was like because it i don't i don't want to go Mm. it's scary and she said well it's it and the rating then was a double a for a 14 Mm. so you had Double A was 14X, was mm. 18X. You just want that back, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she said, oh, it'll be four. It's double A. It'll be fine. They, they can't be scary. She mm. was such a liar. Uh, <laughs> come with me. So I was like, oh, I okay. love your sister. She sounds evil. <laughs> oh, there's an evil streak. Yeah, but she's brilliant. <laughs> and, I, what's, the,
1: what's the age difference?
0: She's two years older than me. Right. Yeah. So we went to see The Fog. Mm. And I... It, changed my life. Wow. You know, it, it, because I was just, because it's sort of proper safe scary, the fuck, the John Carpenter one.
1: It's it's one of those, I think, because it, honestly when you mentioned James Herbert earlier on yeah I, was, I get it mixed up with his oh with his the, the Fog which I,
0: the terrified me that book
1: terrifying and surprisingly sexy so oh all his so books. it was one of those ones where they would sort of fall over in the, and you'd be reading it going like oh it's the sexy bit yeah and and then it would get, be the sexy bit and then like, t- like and, and then and then they chopped someone's dick off and drowned yeah, in the always. sea and you're like oh god that's what sex is okay yeah
0: always that weird <laughs> hybrid world of somehow feeling a bit like come play with me you know that sort of british sexiness yeah yeah Yeah. Um, but no not that fog so that was that and then so that sort of sealed the deal i saw that couldn't believe how good it was and then halloween had just been on telly Mm. so i taped it because i knew it was the same director and then that was it then i was in
1: then you were in that was that was just and then it was
0: then it was the video nasty boom so you know you went from being horror being safe, Mm. to suddenly the most extraordinary Mm. slew of horror from around the world. Good, bad, shit, ragged, terrible, brilliant, you know. And that's where a lot of that circus comes from. Dare you watch. You know, (laughs) once seen, never forgotten, all that stuff. Someone really
1: died in this one. You can see in the background all all the
0: rumours that would fly around. Amazing. So, uh, but then, yeah, I just became... I became obsessed with it. Mm. Yeah. I still kind of am. Yeah. I mean,
1: (laughs) I was going to say no shit. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But it's because you've, I mean, I'm going to talk about ghost stories a bit more because I want to. Uh, The, um, going back to what you're saying about crafting those stories, those threads, and they're all based around sort of real horror real fear the things we're really scared of like loneliness or things happening to children or and to wrap them up in a ghost yeah is uh, makes it palatable if you're not actually if you don't really believe in ghosts if they're a fun thing it makes them more palatable yeah Yeah. i mean
0: because ultimately you know and this is no spoiler Mm. Mm. you know ultimately i guess what the play is about is Nothing we can conjure up and imagine Mm. is as awful and frightening as what we do to each other. Mm. And that's true. That's true. It is true. Yeah.
1: It's the real, the real horror. The real horror. The real. Uh, the. But you feel. I feel like your career with magic and yes. horror, and as essentially sort of prodding that bruise, desperately trying to sort of. Yeah. You feel like someone who really wants to believe, is what I'm well, saying. Well, it's a
0: really interesting thing, isn't it? Because ultimately, you know, from when I was younger, I've never been religious. Religious. Mm. But when I was younger, I I love the tradition of it. Mm. And I love, I'm Jewish and I love the music of it. Mm. And I love the ancient of it. Mm. And there's something about the Orthodox Jewry that I was brought up in. Mm. So, you know, I wasn't Orthodox Orthodox, but in the respect that, you know, it's old-fashioned. There's men and women sit separately. Women are upstairs, mm. men are downstairs. And and the the men sort of lead the service and the women can join in. It, it's, it's a very... But the language mm. and the music of those songs mm. is, you know, two and a half thousand years old. Mm. And there's no concession to understanding, mm. which is absolutely idiotic but also amazing mm. because you know, you brought up learning this language, not to speak it. Mm. I've known, I don't know what most of the prayers I ever learned or said were, apart from the first bit Mm. that I might know in English. So you're just incanting. I mean, it's like, it's like witchcraft. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it is Uh, like a spell. Yeah, it is in this mumbo jumbo. That's beautiful and melodic and hypnotic. Mm. And so I really, really, then as I got older, I sort of thought this is a crock of shit. I don't want to do anything. And when my dad died, I sort of thought this is bollocks. Mm. Because God can't exist because, you know, my dad's a great, was a great, Mm. brilliant man. How does someone get that poor? You know, got Alzheimer's and it Mm. was fucking grim. So then you sort of think, well, that's nonsense. God doesn't exist. Otherwise that can't happen. Mm. So you see that as an absolute. And then the older you get, and the more me, you know, me and Jeremy spend a lot of time talking about this stuff hmm. because not only for our writing, but also because it really, really interests hmm. us. And the older I get, the harder I find to throw it all off Yeah, because there's a system in place and I think we need systems <laughs> and the system works. Hmm. That doesn't mean it works all the time and everything about it's perfect. Hmm. It isn't. But there are amazing enabling lessons to help you through
1: Mm.
0: rough rough times and ancient lessons that have enabled and helped people forever so there's a sort of spirituality there yeah and i'm very drawn i'm drawn back to it but then i'm lazy (laughs) and busy (laughs) so you know all those pathetic modern excuses of well that's why i don't go to synagogue because my wife wouldn't go she's not interested and my kids probably wouldn't and so no and saturday's tough anyway i can't you know and you start mm-hmm. making oh no i don't want to pray every day because mm-hmm. no, 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 it's bullshit you know so that's a very sort of pathetic modern mm. apologetic excuse for <laughs> I, but ultimately do i believe in god i no no i don't but i do i believe for me what i believe god is is people doing good things yeah and the, and the combined effort of that.
1: Yes, that's the, the lesson, is try not to be a dick. Try and be nice to people. Think yeah. about other people. Well, it's, it's, I mean, every culture has it, and every, every religion has yeah. it. And uh, we find ways, if people who aren't religious, find ways of articulating the same emotion, whether it's
0: sort of, you know, an Etsy tea towel with let's all be nice to each other yeah. written on it, you know? Well, because that's the amazing thing. We all know that's the answer. Yeah. It's the, it's so simple. Mm. And yet something about who we are fights against
1: that mm. and and uh, what you were saying about earlier about sort of you know modern about you you know you you get rid of fear by shining a light on it yeah it, it's that yeah. it's try and shine a light, yeah, rather than scuttle away and hide in the shadows yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. God. That's really moving. I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm really moved. Well,
0: I think okay. it's really true. I think it's really true because, because the, other, the other thing that's so obvious is, the, look, the other lesson of religion is just personal responsibility. Mm. And it's so much easier to go, my life's shit because of those fuckers mm-hmm. or because of that or because of yeah. them. Nothing to do with me or who I am mm. or the way I behave or what I put into the world. Mm. Um, because it feels insurmountable and impossible to think if I'm if I do good that will change the world. Mm. Um, but personal, is, you know, it's just every single, and it's hard. Mm. And that's the other goat. That's the other thing about to ghost stories. It's also, it's really frightening to think every single thing you do or say or think leaves a trace.
1: It's very true,
0: and it's true, and that's the other thing that's in ghost stories. You know, yeah, that's absolutely. ultimately what it is: is that mm. they're the ghosts. Yeah. When you're dead and gone, what you leave behind you isn't necessarily, you know. Ooh, I'm <laughs> sure I saw Sarah, there was something that just. I smell a perfume, and then she, you know, yeah. it's not it's that a monk it's, by an yeah, altar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's how people talk about you, yeah. and it's how what you've put into place in the world, and and that impact. So,
1: God, so true.
0: Mm. Very true.
1: <laughs> yeah. But have you ever seen a ghost? No. <laughs> has everyone yeah, so how, many, have, no, how many I times haven't. have you been asked that? I
0: haven't. No, I've never seen a
1: ghost. How has anyone? How I many didn't. times have you been asked that in this? <gasps> uh, we, we, we always get asked, do <laughs> you believe in ghosts? Right. Um, Would you like to believe in ghosts, is my question.
0: Well, I'd like to believe in yeah. ghosts because then that means the spirit's true. Mm. So if the spirit's true, that's amazing. Yeah because then everything's all right Mm. because it means you truly can be in touch Mm. with the people that you know because that's all it's about is how the fuck do you deal with the pain of death Mm. um is this supposed to be a funny podcast oh god no funny Um, no
1: it's a podcast where people i find interesting talk about fear and they can articulate that however they want I love it when it gets all okay. ghouls and goblins and Freddy Kruegers. I really fucking love it when people actually talk about yeah. why we invent those things well, to deal with I, the actual pain of the ultimately world. Ultimately, that's what it is. Yeah.
0: That's what it is, you know. So if this, if ghosts were real, mm. would that they were? Mm. And that's the, you know, because God, there'd be so much comfort in that.
1: Yeah. I
0: agree. <laughs> so much comfort. If
1: you woke up and there was like a like a sort of burnt nun at the end of the bed, I'd be like, oh, oh, everything yeah. I believe to this point is wrong, and I
0: I'm don't quite know that happy about. That. I'd find that a
1: burnt nun. Yeah, I don't know why I thought a burnt nun. Just, yeah. I was thinking like, what would be the what would be the best ghost to see when you yes. woke up? Yeah. I mean, a burnt nun would be cool. But then I'm I'm yeah. biologically Catholic. I don't know what the Jewish equivalent. There you is. go. Yeah, we don't have
0: those flaming <laughs> rabbi. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, good. That's comforting. It is all true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so, well, should we talk about comedy and horror? Hmm. How writing thereof. Because yes. you obviously uh, write with Jeremy. And yep. you, how, do you, how do you approach writing comedy and horror?
0: Well, the comedy of it we've never written as jokes mm. i mean there are and that's actually not true there are a couple of moments in there where you know well, that's a good gag mm. but for the most part it's you want the the comedy to come out of the truth of it mm. and how people behave that's why american Werewolf's the best Ugh. example of any of those because it's so funny and so mm. true um and that's that just felt like aside from the most amazing special effects you'd ever seen in your mm. life at that point, you know, it just felt like an incredible piece of writing. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that was sort of a template for us, not that film per se, but that tone of things being funny because they're real. Yeah. And you being able to relate to it as opposed to... Because so often with comedy horror, the comedy's not funny enough and the horror's not scary Interesting. enough. So... Can you
1: give an example? No, mm. I and mean, I say the equivalent is like those torture porn films, which I'm not yeah. a massive fan of, just because they they're not really
0: about anything. They're no. about like, wouldn't it be a w- cool? But
1: what if this happened? Those, yeah,
0: yeah. Is the first of those really mm. hostile? Yeah, felt like it was about something.
1: Yeah, That def- felt Yeah,
0: super smart, and it started as, you know, it started as a sort of, oh wow, there's a psycho mm. killer, mm. and then it opened out into this sort of thing about, I guess, you know, people trafficking, globalisation and stuff yeah. that was like... And then it was just, you know, also balls-out torture, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, you're right. So, comedy, horror, I don't know. I mean... So, Shaun of the Dead's a great example mm. of one that really works brilliantly. Yeah. Because it, you know, because it's funny and scary and moving, mm. you know. But but the for, for the king of them is, is American America. Absolutely. Werewolf.
1: Is there a particular scare Um, and it doesn't have to be uh, from a horror film that you admire that you'd like to recreate you said you watched a lot to do ghost
0: stories well the the greatest Mm. I think one of the greatest scares and I'm again reluctant to talk about the exact moment but there's a moment in Exorcist 3 oh have you never seen it I have and I'm trying to think what yeah there's a moment in the hospital
1: oh I know exactly yes yes yeah
0: that yeah. is yeah. extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And it's extraordinary because, just as a technical exercise... Yeah, how do you... As a writer, you sit down with fingers to keyboard. How do you write that? I don't I don't get it. Well, I guess you sort of write <laughs> the timing. You sort of write what you think it's going yeah. to be. But then that's one thing. It's another to capture that on film. Mm. So there's that moment. And then the other moment, scare-wise is at the end of Dark Water, the original Dark Uh Water. Um, Which, again, I'm not really going to say what it is in case people haven't seen it. Mm. But there's a climactic moment that is just so frightening. Mm -hmm. And and what's brilliant about Dark Water is it's so moving as well. Mm. So you've got your emotions are all over the place Mm -hmm. because it's just... It, it, it really means something mm. that's the thing whereas weirdly the exorcist three moment it's just a great ghost train moment mm. that's just a great
1: mm. <laughs> <laughs> i want to see your mates ghost train. does it have like out of um what's the word unofficial like unlicensed
0: horror people oh, as i, I love all that oh. so much i love that about as much as i love unofficial disney stuff on ice cream yes <laughs> Slightly wonky Mickey Mouse. Oh,
1: like a green melting Pluto. Yeah, that...
0: <laughs> yeah. No, Richard's ghost trains. He's always got brilliant artists. Okay, so they're always phenomenal.
1: Oh, when it's just like sort of someone from the Adams family, but like purple. Yeah, like, I, oh, know, I
0: love mm. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, Dark Water would be the other one. The Fantastic. End of that. Yeah.
1: Um, this is a huge question, but. Um, horror aside what are you scared of now
0: oh well I mean that's just uh, (laughs) all all the obvious answers really hideous diseases Mm -hmm. something awful happening to your family Mm -hmm. Um, the end of the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I mean these are all terribly irrational fears I don't know (laughs) the dissolving of the NHS Uh selling it off for money Um, getting rid of the BBC I mean, honestly, stuff that this sounds silly things, but do you know what's really interesting is over the past few years, the reaction to those things, Mm. it's been really insidious the way it slips in, but it really, really hits to a very, very deep and dark place. And I think. I mean you talk about do you believe in god to me that's what i think the nhs is i think the you know the mm. idea this extraordinary idea where everybody pays in mm. to this thing irrespective of who we are or what we are to help everybody else yeah whether we end up needing it or not mm-hmm. it's a godly thing on earth it's an extraordinary thing so when that gets eroded it's frightening and wrong and you feel helpless. Mm. That's been the really interesting thing actually about the past five years that, I, that is frightening is the sense of helplessness as you see the, the endless onslaught of global warming mm. or you see the, the madness of the world where you think no one seems accountable for anything mm. anymore. So it feels like the start of some sort of Armageddon movie. Right. You know, where. So that's. There's definitely a a frightening edge to the world at the moment, I think. But then, equally, we've sort of been there before, and Mm. you you ultimately have to hope in man.
1: We've never had so much access to what everyone else is doing before to know if there's
0: hope around the corner or not. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. The internet has changed everything, Mm. both positively and negatively. Yeah. It's absolutely changed the world. (sighs) Ah. I feel like I need
1: to end this on a... <laughs> on a <an up-point. laughs> happy note, so that you don't Wee! go... Do the world's
0: most depressed... <laughs> yeah, you have to do the equivalent of spraying you with water as you leave the ghost train. What is the equiv? Let's... Oh, yeah, sorry. What is hell. your? it has been a bit grim, hasn't
1: it? No, it's been... Oh, God, I'm in heaven. This is like my perfect episode. Uh, you've been amazing. I just... Um, yeah, what is... How do we How do we hose the listener down? And grab their boobs, but consensually. Consensually, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um whoa uh what well here's wait. the upside yeah is for those of us that love horror mm. we've been in a golden age of horror it's true for twenty years, mm. and that's not going anywhere mm-hmm. because the more the world gets fucked up, the better the horror is <laughs> because there's so uh. much great stuff to dig into because people think people who sort of think they don't like horror I think most people do, but people think they don't like, think it's created and loved by mm subversives and outsiders and devil worshippers. But the Mm. truth of it is, for the most part, it is the most Christian with a small c, Mm. caring art form that is about, look at what's happening. yeah, Look, everybody, (laughs) quick, this is shit, look. And so that's really... Well, it's where, it's where the
1: satire is happening,
0: definitely. Exactly. It's where Or
1: the commentary. It's where the commentary exactly. is coming from. I mean, the most exciting films in year, Get Out and yeah. Prevenge and things like that, where they just like yeah. these, here's a perspective you didn't really know about and here's how we tell it yeah. through yeah. Uh, through horror. Yeah. Yeah oh well that's that's cheerful what's well, next to you i don't Andy? know
0: about cheerful but we'll get some good films upward. out of it it's what the people yeah. said
1: about thatcher in the 80s or oh, yeah. imagine the bands <laughs> yeah
0: it's true uh, so next for me yeah. i've got i mean judy's just come out of the pictures which if, if you haven't seen i
1: haven't it, seen it. are you and judy
0: yeah it's really brilliant okay um and i've got Jungle Cruise coming out next year, big Disney thing, um, which will be fun. I'm not going to a huge amount, but it'll be great fun. Cool. And then me and Jeremy are writing our next script, our next film script. Oh, fantastic. And probably our next play as well. So we need to find time to do those. Excellent. Um, which is really exciting. And then I don't know. I never know. <laughs> and then you don't know. <laughs> it's I just a lot of, lot of really yeah. cool things happening. And yeah. then... Well, I- the Ghost Stories tour, obviously, I'm yeah. not in it. Well, that's... Got its first national tour, which starts, I think, in January. Wow. And that's 17 weeks. That's going all over the country. That's so really cool.
1: Exciting. Do you know, uh, can you tell me some towns? Can
0: you? God, isn't that awful? I should be able to tell you no, them all. I-, I mean, it, it go to ghoststorieslive.co.uk. Fantastic. Everything you'll need to know is on there.
1: Andy yeah. and I'm, thank you so much. Oh,
0: thank this you. This has been so lovely. So lovely. <laughs> so lovely.
1: <laughs> Cheers.